We'll uh, do a review now of the uh, second uh, simon, the second sicha in the Dvar Malchus uh, that the Rebbe distributed, discussing the topic of Mashiach that were printed in the Rebbe's sichas. This sicha is in volume 34, Lamadalad, in the sicha of Shoftim. And this uh, sicha discusses the nitzchiyos, simen beis nitzchiyos, haftochas ha the eternity of the promise of the geula. The sicha, the Rebbe discusses details in the Rambam, in Perik Aleph, and the Rebbe points out the Rambam's view that believing in the coming of Mashiach is a Torah command in the stories of the Torah. It is a prophecy, but it is also, in addition, and more so, it's a mitzvah. It's part of a mitzvah. As far as the eternity of Torah, when we talk about a mitzvah, a mitzvah has the most lasting and literal translation. And therefore, as the Rebbe explains, the Rambam says that believing in Mashiach covers all aspects. It's a story of the Torah. The Torah tells us about it. It's a prophecy in the Parshish Bilam. And the Rambam writes in a separate halacha <clears throat> that this is part of the mitzvah of Ori Miklot. And Ori Miklot as a mitzvah means that this could never be changed. And it means literally, the mitzvah literally. And that's what's added in Halacha Beis, in the Rambam, by bringing it in a separate special Halacha, the mitzvah of Arei Miklot, which is part of that mitzvah, is the coming of Mashiach, when there will be the additional three Arei Miklots, as the Pesach says. And the Rebbe also brings out, there is also a certain level of strength by saying that this is also from prophecy, as the Rebbe will explain throughout this Sikha. But first, let's learn inside Ois uh, Aleph. So the Rebbe quotes from the Rambam, Kosov HaRambam Bihilchus Melochim. So the Rambam in the laws of Melochim writes, HaMelech HaMoshiach Osid Lamit, King Mashiach is destined to stand up. And he will bring back the kingdom of the house of David to its old status. By the way, the previous halacha, the Rebbe has a few different, uh, the Rebbe mentions some of the same questions, but the Rebbe gives a little bit of a different twist over here, in addition to what we learned in the first uh, sicha. The first uh, part, the Simon Aleph of the Dvar Machos. <clears throat> Further, the Rambam says, <laughs> boy, 
anyone who doesn't believe in Mashiach, or one who doesn't wait, look forward to, anticipate his coming, isn't only denying the other prophets. As the Rambam says later on, in the Nevi'im it's full of the prophecy of Mashiach. So, of course, we would know that if one doesn't believe in Mashiach, he would be denying all the other prophets. But here the Rambam is saying it is not only the other prophets alone that he is denying, but rather in the Torah and Moshe, teacher. How is it from the Torah? Because it's a Torah that talks about it. The Torah testifies on him about Mashiach. So first he brings the Parshlik of Nitzavim, in which Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Yidden that eventually the Yidden will return to Hashem and they'll do Teshuva. And then he says, V'shov Hashem elekecho es shavuscho v'richamecho. God will return your return and have compassion on you. V'shov ikibetzcho v'goymer. And he will once again, he will return and he will gather you in from all places. If you will be pushed away at the edge of the heavens, which means wherever a yid will be in Golos, even the furthest places, Hashem Hashem will bring you. So the general concept that there will be a return, that the yidin will come back from Golos is very, very clear in the Pasuk, in this Pasha of Nitzavim, in which the Torah talks about Hashem will bring back and return you, and He will gather you from the, And if you are even at the edge of the Shamayim, Hashem will bring you back. <laughs> Rambam further says that the Eilu Hadvarim HaMufurashim Torah, these words, which are very clear in the Torah, so it's in a general way, they include in a general way all the words that were said through all the prophets. So we, as we have in all the prophets, the various different details of what's going to take place in the Torah, it's included in this sentence in which it says, God will bring you back. Then the Rambam goes, that there is an additional proof. As the Rebbe explains now, this only tells us that there will be a gathering of the Yidden back into Eretz Yisrael, but it doesn't say who's going to do that. So the Rambam further brings down that Ab Parshas Bilom Nemar, also in the portion of Bilom it's written, but Vishom Nibe Bishneya Mishichim. Over there, he prophesies about two Mashiachim, which means, basically, as this was the Rebbe's a lot discussed in the previous Ois, that we had a Mashiach, which was David HaMelech, and we have the Mashiach HaAchrein, which is Mashiach Tzidkenu, Melech HaMashiach. And in the prophecy of Bilam, he prophesizes about both of them, as the Rebbe explained the 
a whole idea of this in the previous Sikha that he's going to bring back what was lost after the King David that we went into Golos. But in any event, there is a the first Mashiach, which is David, who helped the Yidden in the beginning, and the last Mashiach, the Mashiach Sitkenu, and who may become a Psukim Bilom, and he brings several Psukim from the portion of Bilom, which is the prophecy that Bilom told to Bullock at the end before he left, and he couldn't, so he didn't succeed in trying to curse the Bnei Yisrael. So then he says, and the Rabbim explains how this prophecy of Bilom al David va Melech Hamashiach, King David Melech Hamashiach. So that's the two proofs. In this proof already, we already see that this is Mashiach. We're not just talking about somebody is going to stand up, but there is going to be a Mashiach in the end of days, Mashiach Achrein. As the Rambam discusses from the portion of Bilam, how each of these psukim on David and Mashiach. So now we have two proofs basically. So one proof tells us that Mashiach, that there will be a Geula, there will be a gathering. The other proof tells us that there's going to be Mashiach. But then in a separate halacha, the Rambam writes, the Rambam continues. Also, by the cities of refuge, there's another Pasik over there. The Pasik says, Torah talks about that they separated the three Oremiklot on the other side of the Jordan River and on the Eretz Yisrael side of the Jordan River, three and three. And the Pasik says there, Im Yarchiv Hashem that when, if Hashem will widen your territory, meaning the land of Israel will increase, it'll become bigger. So then you need additional Then you should add additional three cities. So why would the Torah be telling us that you will need additional three cities if it never happened. It never happened, this thing. Hashem would not instruct in vain, just in without a purpose, because if it never happens, so why is Hashem giving us a mitzvah of to add another three cities? So therefore, we must say that the Torah is basically telling us over here that there will come a time when Yarchiv Hashem is and then you will add these three cities. So this is another proof from the Torah that there will be the time of Mashiach, the Geula, and then there will be additional cities added to the cities of refuge. Rambam concludes, in the halacha base, but we don't need proof that the prophets because all the books of the Nevi'im are full with this concept. So, 
ויש לה עין, so we need to look in, מה חוסר בראייס הראשונס? What is missing in the first evidence that we bring down originally, מהכוסר from the פוסק, ושוב גוימר, that השם הוא רטורן של פרשס נצובן, which is in the פרשס נצובן. ומפרשס בילומנט, the פרשס בילומנט, talk about משיח, שהוזכר כרמב״ם, לא הוסיף הראייה, that רמב״ם needed, required to bring down additional Add a proof, also from the Pesach Morei Miklod. The Rambam is not just trying to pile up additional places of the Torah. Must be a reason that the first two prophecies aren't sufficient for him. And here the Rambam comes up with a, an additional, what is lacking, and as the Rebbe will say later on, and he places it not as a follow-up to the first two in Halacha Aleph, but rather he starts Halacha base, gives this in its own Halacha, which is also very meaningful, as we know that the Rambam is actually precise, as we'll see. As Rebbe explains now, The need for the two first evidence is understood. What is the Rambam intending over here in the laws of Malachim? He is talking about the belief on King Mashiach. Not talking about just that there is going to be the Geula, but the Rambam wants to actually say that there is going to be a Melech HaMashiach. I know, which means to say, in addition to the obligation that we must believe in the general concept of redemption, that Hashem would redeem in the future all of Israel. And that wouldn't matter how it's going to take place through Mashiach or otherwise, but there is a the Rambam who wants to bring that over here. So that is in addition to believing that somehow the Yidin will go out of gold, whoever, however is going to happen, there is also a specific obligation. You have to believe that there is going to be a King Mashiach. Together with the details of the special aspects and the greatness that are detailed in the Rambam in this chapter. That's a part of our belief. As the Rambam's precise language is, anybody who doesn't believe in him, it's not boy means if you don't believe in Mashiach. So that means that the Rambam here wants to bring evidence that there's going to be Mashiach, not that there's going to be the Gula. And that that's not clear in the verse. It's not articulated. Over says, God, your God, God will do it. It doesn't say Mashiach. Actually, it says Hashem will do it. It doesn't say true Melech HaMashiach. But it's only in Parshish Bilom where we have the evidence. Over there he talks about the two Mashiachs. David So over there, so from there we have the evidence that there'll be a Melech 
and because the Rambam wants to prove that it's talking about Melech HaMashiach, not just, doesn't just say, it talks about the Mashiach, it shows you in the Pesach how it's talking about two Mashiachim, so that there is the Mashiach, Melech HaMashiach. maybe, Gam So for this reason, he also brings the prolonged, the proof, in Kamavakam Absukim, Hamidabri Mazeh, with many verses that speak of them. Because in these psukim, we also hint the details of the special aspects and the greatness of the Melech HaMashiach. And that's because the Rambam, because this is all part of believing in Melech HaMashiach, we have to believe in that commission. As we explained elsewhere, as the Rebbe explained, that these are the four aspects of Mashiach in the first Sikha that we learned, the first part of the first Varmachus. And therefore, the Rambam brings all the details. This is all a Hemshech to believe boy and of his aspect. So that's why the Rambam has to bring down the Psukim from Bilam in order to prove that there's Melech HaMashiach, not just Giulah. Why does the Rambam not just bring the prophecy of Bilam and also needs to bring the Parsha of Nitzavim? Because in the Parshas of Bilam, the Nevu of Bilam, over there it's not clear. It's just sort of encrypted. It's Torah Koychov, Miyakov, Everyone can argue on the interpretation. You need the interpretation of Chazal to solidify that it's Melech HaMashiach. So the first Pasik is very clear about the Gula. The second Pasik adds that it's Mashiach, but it's not as strong because it's not so clear. So between the two of them, the Rambam brings both proofs. The other hand, he wasn't satisfied with the proof from the portion of Bilom. Not only was he not satisfied, he only brings it as the second proof. The Rambam's intention over here is not just to prove, prove being proof of that in the Torah we have the coming of Mashiach, which means the way the Torah is interpreted uh, by the Chazal this says about that there's going to be Mashiach. But the Rambam wants to prove more than just that there is such a thing as the coming of Mashiach. But the Rambam wants to say not only that we see in the Chazal that is going to come, but that if you don't believe in him, you are denying the Torah. You would be denying the Torah and because the Torah testified about it. We can't say the Torah testified about him very clearly in this psukim because the testimony from this psukim of the Parshas Bilam isn't from the Torah itself. It's only according to the interpretation of the verses of the Torah by the Torah Shabbat. So it's not, can't say the Torah either. So the truth is, 
one who denies that the Rambam writes elsewhere, the one who denies the commentary of the Torah, which is the oral Torah, he is part of Kofi Torah. So true that it's Kofi Torah. But we want to tell us over here, not that he's Kofi in the Divrei Chazal, which would be a Kofi Torah. We want to say that the Torah itself we want to say, We want to say that he's koifer in the things that are very clear in the Torah. So the Rabbim can't bring just the Pasuk. From Bilam, because the prophecy of Bilam were said in a way of a example, in a way of a riddle. It's such a language. We can't say about this, the Torah, that these are the words that are explicit. They're not explicit in the Torah. They are metaphorically, they are in a riddle. So the Ramam can't just bring down because this posture because he wants to say that this is very, very clear. But in the first posture, where he says the Geula, the gathering of exiles, so over there, it's very clear. So in order to substantiate that it's a very clear denial of the Torah, the Rambam has to bring the first Pasuk of the Geula in general. But that doesn't tell us about Mashiach. So for the coming of Mashiach, we have the interpretation of Chazal in the prophecy of Bilom, which is part of the Torah, and that becomes a part of Kofi Torah. So he needs that second proof from Mashiach and the first proof for this clarity. Kinaba, what we need to explain as above, what is added through the Posik about the Ore Miklot? Why, what's missing in the first two proofs? And Gam Yeshledayik also that we can ask over here is to uh, point out that the Rambam Kosav Rayezu Baloha Bifneatsma. He wrote this evidence in its own Aloha. The first two he writes an Aloha Aleph, then he starts Aloha base. would seem that he should have included it in the in a in the previous Aloha Biyachadim Bez Rayas together with his first Raya. So that's the other question. Why did the Rambam Write it in Son Allah. In Ois base, the Rebbe introduces the idea that what the Rambam is trying to do is, is with the bringing down that it's part in the Ore Miklot, to make the coming of Mashiach part of a mitzvah. And while all parts of Torah are indisputable, but a mitzvah has more force, and a mitzvah means literal, and this is what the Rambam is trying to point out of here, base. So it see appears to say that with this evidence from the Orimiklot, yesh chidush ikri, 
there is a new, a main novelty, something novel, Legabe Beis Rayas Rishonus, relative to the first two proofs. The fact that the Torah commanded, that when Hashem will widen, you should make more Ore Miklot. There is a mitzvah to make three new Ore Miklot. When the days of Mashiach, we are obligated to add to the cities of refuge. Bilishoin Harambam, using the language now that the Rambam says, quote, be may hamelech Mashiach, that in the days of King Mashiach, Moisifim we add three additionals over these six. So by doing so, so then the idea of Mashiach becomes one of the condition of a mitzvah in the Torah. The Torah says that you bring, you, you make you three new cities of refuge, and that's part of the conditions of Ori Mikla, that Ori Mikla has another three when Mashiach comes. Kulema. Doesn't mean that it's not obvious and authentic before even though that the future redemption, it is explicit in the Torah. And the Rambam in the commentary on Mishnayis. He counts the belief in the future redemption. Amongst the principles and the foundations of the Torah. So notwithstanding that, Mikol Mokoyim still, as the Rebbe points out in the heart over here, that's why it's a principle, but it doesn't mean it's not part of the uh, of the, uh, the Muna, it's not part of the mitzvahs of the Torah. But the, as the Rebbe explains the Torah, but Therefore, so while it is clear in the Torah, the Geula, but it's not part, the redemption is not part of the mitzvahs of the Torah. We don't find in the Torah, we don't find the Torah command. That's why the Ramah doesn't bring it down. This is a Sefer Hayyad. It's Aloha. The Rambam doesn't bring it down because we don't find a command. There's no mitzvah to believe in the Gula. How do we know? Since it's something which is very clearly explicit in the Torah, therefore anyone who doesn't believe in it, he is denying the Torah and our teacher Moshe. So it means that the concept that the Geula is coming is a Torah concept, but there is no mitzvah specifically to believe in the coming of Mashiach. 
But once we have this command, that when Hashem widens your place, then you add so then this future becomes part of the mitzvah. So that makes the idea, that concept of one of the details of the mitzvahs of the Torah. Through becoming a part of a mitzvah of the Torah, which means the coming of Mashiach becomes part of the mitzvah of Ari Miklot. Ari Miklot can be completed when there is the Geulah. So then it gets that force that is in mitzvahs. There's a special force in mitzvahs. You say the Hatoiru as the Rambam writes in the laws of the foundations of the Torah in the beginning of the Sefer Rambam Yad Chazok is Dovor. This is where it writes it. This is clear and it's explicit in the Torah that what Shehi Mitzvah Eimedes Laad Laolam Ulolmeolamim that that is a mitzvah. That stands forever. There isn't to a mitzvah, no change. Mitzvah doesn't change. A mitzvah cannot be taken off, not diminished, and not extra. The mitzvah remains as it is. What is the meaning of mitzvah? Mitzvah means this is the command of the Torah. The commands of the Torah could be no change in them. As the Rambam continues, that all myths of the Torah, we are instructed to do them forever. And also the Rambam over there in Hilchus Malachim writes, when the right Mashiach in the end of Alochigimu, that rings down. So, what's the main principle of these matters? The Rambam writes, this is the end of Perik Yud Aleph, and the, 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 not the end of Alochigimu. That this Torah, its statutes, its laws are forever and forever, ever. The ain may sifin alayhem man. You can't add to them and you can't take away from them. So he's talking about the chukim of mishpatim of this Torah are ever, are eternal. They cannot change this. So therefore, and the Rambam adds, one who should add or take away or one who reveals an interpretation, a face, an interpretation in Torah. He quotes the emphasizes that Rambam says here, if he takes out the words, the matters of the mitzvah, he says they don't mean literally. For sure, that person is a badoi. And Veroshava Pikoidis. He is a evil and apikoidus. A badoi means somebody who is not true, 
made up person, he's false, he's a Russia, and he's also a heretic, he's also an Apikoidus. So basically you see that mitzvahs have that special, that they're shutim, the mitzvah means literally, and it also means, as the Rebbe will connect to a plan, it also means that it is forever. And therefore, kivon she'inyan ha-geula, since the concept of Geula is a detail of the mitzvahs of the of mitzvah miklot, so it becomes a part of the mitzvah miklot. It's kishem. So just like the ore miklot itself, as we quote before, it's a mitzvah that miklot stands forever. There is no change. So ore miklot. The halach of our miklat stays all the time. So the details of the mitzvah, which is the coming of Mashiach, so there can also not be a change, God forbid, in the promise that there will be Yachshem Gavucha. And according to this, that we're saying that it's bringing a mitzvah, we understand this specific language that the Rambam uses when he brings the proof from Oremiklot. He says, emphasize. The Rambam says he didn't command. A command needs to be carried through to the end in the simple context. The Rambam's intent is to emphasize the key, since it's an idea of a mitzvah, which is Tziva HaKadosh Baruch so this, therefore, forces us to say, cannot be a change. Because a command cannot be in vain. The Abisha doesn't tell us a command which is not going to uh, happen. And therefore, this is part. The archive is part of this. So therefore... It's going to definitely happen. It's definitely it's a part of a mitzvah. That's what the Rambam adds in Halacha Beis with the proof from the Oram Uklet. In Ois Gimel, the Rebbe will explain the extra strength that a mitzvah has more than just something which is in the Torah or the promise of a Novi. Gimel, Leyeser Bir, to explain this more. As far as promises that Hashem makes through a prophet, there are certain circumstances, certain cases, that it's possible that a change will take place. Say, for example, the Punishment, the words of punishment that the prophet says, although the prophet says that Hashem said that the punishment is going to come, but still they can be nullified. Because quoting, he is prolongs his anger and his lots of kindness. Or maybe they did shuva and it was forgiven for them. As the Pirush Mishnah is Larambam, the Rebbe quotes here in number twenty-two. So certainly we see that when God says uh, through the Navi a punishment, it doesn't necessarily have to happen because 
Hashem might prolong his anger, and perhaps maybe the people did shuva. But the same thing is, even if it was a promise for the good, if that wasn't public yet, but it was only between HaKadosh Baruch and the Prophet, it's possible that that should not be fulfilled if the uh, if the sin causes a change, which is also the Pirish Mesnais to the Rambam over there. So Mezem so from this it's understood. So we see that there is a change. Even when we are clear, we know for sure that the promise of the prophet will be fulfilled. That any good item that Hashem decrees, even if it's conditional, it doesn't go back, which means it will always happen. As the Rambam explains in the commentary on the Mishnayis of the Rambam, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to a Novi to, prim, to promise tell the people a good that needs to, that must be fulfilled. Over here you cannot take it away because there was a sin and therefore we'll take away the promise, nullify the promise. No. So even in these cases when we know when it's good, it was said and Hashem needs to do it, so it's not because, by definition, a promise that is given to a prophet cannot be changed. No, a, a, a promise to a prophet could be changed, but there's circumstances are here that they're not going to be changed. In this case, these promises there is no actual change because as the Rambam says that the reason why we don't change it is because the reason why we say that is so in order to be able to test somebody if he's a true Novi the test for a true Novi is to ask him to say something in the future and when it takes place then we know that he's a true Novi so we therefore have to say that his words have to become true. Otherwise, how are we going to test the Navi if they don't become true? Maybe there was a change, so it wouldn't be a proof that he's a Navi Asheker if they don't come true. So therefore, certain promises have to take place because that's the way we test the Navi, and therefore, they're going to take place. But it doesn't mean that they have a force the prophecy of a Novi, by definition, doesn't have to come through some, some situations, they can change. But that only applies if it's a promise, a prophecy of a Novi. But when we talk about the eternity of Torah, which stands forever and ever, ever, that is because the Torah is not a changeable, it's not 
cannot be defined by change. It is hainu she'i efsher she'yishtanu. It's not possible to change. It comes from a non-changeable place. Just like I, Hashem, quoting the Pesach, have not changed. There could be no change in Hashem, God forbid. Likewise, the Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is which is the wisdom and the wishes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the whole definition of a change doesn't apply to it. So from this we also understand as far as the promise for the redemption. The Af, the promise that the Novi promises for redemption. Since, although, because it was a promise for the good, and this that Hashem has already said to the Novi, to promise the people with the good news, still quoting from the Pirush it's not possible for it to be nullified because the sun, the sin may cause it. I said before, so. It's not going to change because we know the promise for the good that was passed on to the people cannot be changed. In addition to that, there's another promise also. From beginning with, we cannot apply in our case that there might be a, a change because the this, this sin may cause change because Shari Blushayna Rambam because the Rambam uses language, the Torah is already promised, that in the end, the Yidna will do Shuvah in the end of Golos. And immediately they'll be redeemed. That's the beginning of the posting that we were quoting the whole time. When all these things come upon you, you will return to God your God. And then, Hashem will redeem you, bring you back. So that means to say, not only will we promise redemption, we promise that we'll be tshuva, so there won't be a reason for not doing redemption. That we will promise that the end will do tshuva, there's not going to be a circumstances that maybe it's not going to become true because they, they the sin caused, because there's going to be no sin, because they're going to do tshuva. So we know for sure it's going to happen because these conditions, it was in the Novi, and the Novi gave it over, it has to happen. In addition, the only reason why it would not happen is because of the sin. It says the Yidna are going to do tshuva. But yet, the certainty in this is only based on the definitions of prophecy and the way prophecy works. In other words, the Nevoah has certain situations, but Nevoah itself is not an unchangeable, could be sometimes changed. As opposed to through the fact that the promise of redemption it becomes a part and a detail of the mitzvah of Torah. 
So on that detail, it applies the eternity of Torah is on it. That's an eternity that to nullify it doesn't apply to it at all. As he said before, this is connected to Hashem, to the mitzvahs, which there's no change over there. By definition, there's no change. So when something is just said by a Novi, in essence, that could be changed if the circumstances are such. Something which is said by the Torah as a mitzvah, that cannot be changed. As the Rebbe will explain now in Ois Dalet, that there's also a difference about the eternity of Torah as it manifests itself when we say it's a mitzvah of the Torah, or it's just a story of the Torah. That even a story of the Torah doesn't necessarily have to be that it is literally. It can be a story of the Torah, it can be interpretations. But when there's a mitzvah, a mitzvah needs to be literally. That's why it's more a mitzvah even than a promise or a fact which is written just in the Torah as a story. Let's look inside. There is still room for a question. The rule that Torah is eternal is in all parts of Torah. And especially in the five chumashim of the Torah. As the Rambam writes, while other Nevi'im might be lost in love, there may be bottle, but the five chumashim of the Torah are never going to cease. Everything that was written in the Torah that Moshe gave us, who Nitzchi is eternal, and stands forever. In that case, what is the what does it help us that it's a mitzvah versus written in the Torah? Since the promise from Hakadosh Baruch for redemption is clear, articulated in the Torah. So already to it applies the eternity of the five books of the Torah. What is added to this by saying that it's also part of the mitzvah Torah, not just part of the clear promise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it becomes a mitzvah. We can say, There is a main distinction between that eternity which is associated with the mitzvah of the Torah, to the eternity of the other parts of Torah Shabbat. In the other parts of the Torah, it's possible that the eternity of Torah should be fulfilled, not literally, just in their spiritual contents. The stories of the Torah have a lesson in the spiritual meaning, not physical, because when we read about everything that took place, the history, those are lessons, those are teachings for us. The literal happened a long time ago. 
the chronicles and the stories of the written Torah. What is the eternity? What happened was a long time ago. So what is the eternity of the stories of the Torah? Those are the wisdom and the and the wonders that are hinted in the Torah. And not in their literal. The literal is, uh, took place. That's the past. It's history. What is the lesson? The, the, what is the story? The story for us is a lesson. This already happened. So what are we going to there's nothing to the, the learning is not the physical what took place, but it is the lesson and the message. But when we tell you that the Torah is a mitzvah, a medes, when we talk about a mitzvah, we say the mitzvah stands for eternally. That means which means the commands of the Torah literally the way it's simply understood exist forever and ever ever without any change without any takeaway without any additions and the Rebbe said this is also in the Loshan Rambam like the Rambam's exact Loshan is that anybody who adds and takes out the words of the mitzvahs, the Rambam emphasizes the Rebbe the mitzvah, the Rambam writes, if you take out mitzvah from pshutam, then for sure you're a badoy in the Rosh Hapikaitis. Main meaning, mitzvahs have that special thing. If you take them out from the literal, this only applies when you say about mitzvah the Torah that they're not literally yes all of gathers that then applies to him on that person is that definition the badoy of Roshan apikoidus that he is a badoi and a Roshan apikoidus which is only because he says the mitzvahs are not literal then he's really denying the foundation of the eternity of Torah, that the mitzvahs are, are, are internal. But he would not be denying the eternity of Torah if he doesn't say the stories of Torah, as opposed to when he takes out the other meanings of the verses, takes them out literally, to him doesn't apply that Definition that he's a Russian apicus, a badoy in the Russian apicus. Okay, shame, should be put at Torah, just as like in the story of Torah. Can you go be in Aftochus Akodish Baruch Hushniftu Betoida? Same thing is with regards to the promises of Hashem, which were recorded, written in the Torah. Shekiyumum Bepoyel, that their actual fulfillment, Tolui, Baifun Haftoche. That really depends on the way they were promised. The fiat noim vigedorim shapirshu bechazal. They can hinge on the way the promise was based on the conditions, based on the definition, as our sage of blessed memory interpreted. So it doesn't mean literally across the board. We need explanation what and where and how this is going to take place. And if the 
promise was written without these conditions, which means if it says conditions and you meet the conditions, then it has to mean literally because you met the conditions. You can't give up, get a promise and we say, oh, this condition. But if it is no conditions attached, then it doesn't literally have to take place because it says in the Torah, but it doesn't mean literally. Again, if it hinges on conditions, and because the condition you fulfilled, then it has to be fulfilled literally. But if it doesn't hinge on conditions, it just says it doesn't necessarily mean a promise that it means literally. As we find clearly, openly, that this rule, that when Hashem promises, can sometimes not be fulfilled in actuality, because the sin might cause, that would also apply to promises that are very clearly specified in the Torah. The Braise says, two times, until your nation passes by, until the nation, Amzukaniso. So, we say, what is it two times at Yavir? So the Braises says, at Yavir Amcho Hashem Zubi That talks about the first time we came to Eretz Yisrael. When the first time through Yeshua. Shabbat Arzme Yeshua, as Rashi says over there. At Yavir Amzukaniso, what is the second time? Zubi That refers to the second time. At Yavir Amzukaniso, when they went up from the Golos Bovis in the day of Ezra. That's the Rashi says. So, Mikan but we know that the uh, Aliyah in the second did not go so smoothly. That all the nation will wait and they'll stay there in, uh, uh, in awe. It was a, a different uh, type. They got permission, not everybody went up. It was a whole. So, Mikan Omru Chachomim, Archomim say that. That really they were fit to a miracle. The Torah equates the two, just like miraculously they went out the first time of Golos, of Mitzrayim. Same thing, they were also Bimeyazra. They should have gone to very open in a miraculous way. Like it happened, as the Post says. The sin caused. So here we see the sin caused a change in the promise of Adyavar Amcha, Adyavar Amzukaniso. So one can argue, since this promise, Amzukanis has been written in the written Torah. That was a promise before they came in the second time. Shem promised them that there will be miracles there. And this Torah cannot be exchanged. And there's no change. And there's no missing, and there's nothing to diminish, take away, we can't add. How are we possible to say that there's a change in this promise, and it's not going to be fulfilled actually? Let it be for any reason. But it says in the Torah, it's in it has to be no change. So we have to say, therefore, that this definition of Torah's eternity, Eine Shaykh Bechlal Limut Pirushab Haksuvim, 
that does not generally apply to how we learn the meaning of the verses. In other words, when we say the eternity of Torah, it doesn't mean the literal, literal of the Pasik. It means the Pasik is eternity. Whether it's physically or spiritually, it's an old situation. It's conditional. Doesn't necessarily mean because that doesn't impact. That doesn't say that it's not, it could be eternal, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have any conditions. It doesn't mean that it's physically, it doesn't mean that it's in old circumstances. So, so that's why this is the Chiddush when it comes to Mashiach's coming, that it becomes part of a mitzvah. Since the promise for redemption becomes a detail of the mitzvah or the mitzvah, so on it applies now the eternity of mitzvah of the Torah. Asher, when we talk about a mitzvah, so number one, Aleph, Mukhrach, Lihiskayim, the Pashtus, Vigasmus. It has to be fulfilled literally and physically. And number two, in such a way that there could be no change, like I said before. This is what the Rambam accomplished with Aloha base by bringing down the that Mashiach became part of a mitzvah, part of the mitzvahs or a mitzvah, and therefore it adds to the nitzchias and the certainty of the uh, mitzvah in the coming of Mashiach. In Ois Hay, the Rebbe continues to make the case that the Rambam, by bringing in that the Mashiach belief is also a mitzvah, he makes the certainty that if you don't believe in it, it's much stronger than saying that you don't believe in the Torah. In order to be a koifer Torah fully, it has to be that the Mashiach is part of a mitzvah. Otherwise, if you don't agree to the interpretation or you have other, you it's going against the Torah, but you can't say that that person is denying the Nitzchis Torah. He says it's not going to happen literally, it's going to be figuratively. But once we prove in Halacha Beis and Halacha that it's actually part of a mitzvah, then it's a totally different. Then if you're saying that it's not literally, then it becomes a gather of a koifer, and it's a very, uh, that's what the Ramah wants to bring out, the seriousness of not believing in Mashiach. Hey, based on all the above, we can explain the reason why the Rambam adds the proof on the Melech HaMashiach from the fact also by the Rimiklot, he says, and then you should add, this never happened, and Hashem would not just instruct in vain. This is what does the Rambam mean to say here? The Rambam is not just bringing additional proof, but he's bringing in a whole new concept, the idea of a mitzvah. 
In Kamonos Rambam, the intent of the Rambam is not Rak only. It's that too, is another proof, but it's not only Lahavi to bring Oid Heichocha. Another proof, Metoida Shabiksaf, from the written Torah Chamisha Chumsha Torah, Al Melech Mashiach for King Mashiach, Al Abola Hoysif in Yen Chodosh. He comes to add a new concept. In the seriousness of this matter of one who does believe. For in addition to the fact that he is denying as the Rambam starts off, the first Allah, that one who doesn't believe in him is denying the because the Torah has testified upon him. And if you don't believe him, you're going to get denying what the Torah said. Then you will be diminishing one of the myths of the Torah. Because if a person doesn't believe in Mashiach, this detail of the mitzvah of Miklot, that there's going to be Another three or a miklos when Mashiach comes, when there's going to be Yarchiv Hashem Gvulcha, no Yiskayim. He doesn't believe it's never going to happen. Kal Olav Mashakos Rambam, and therefore upon him applies what the Rambam writes. Balocha Sharacher is that one in the next halacha about one who doesn't believe in mitzvahs or says that there is a change. Harizavadai Badai Vedashoyv Apikodes. For sure, he's a Badoi in the Roshan Apikodes. So. It only applied to him because we're saying that it's a mitzvah, and now he's denying uh, the mitzvah. He said that's not going to happen. That's why the Rambam writes this as a proof in its own halacha. And the first two proofs he intends to prove that he writes in halacha aleph. That you're denying the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu Shatoyra Since the Torah testified, so if you disagree, then you're going against the Torah. But this proof, it's coming to hint that there's an additional stringency in this matter. That you are actually taking away part of Mitzvah Torah. So how does it make you worse being kaifer betoira and making you from the first uh, than making you a gareim and mitzvahs? So how do you make kaifer betoira of Moshe Rabbeinu? You're ready to go. Moshe Rabbeinu gareim mitzvah What does it add that we're saying that you're also diminishing from part of mitzvah the toira? But the way, the way we explained earlier, we can say that there's actually going to be a halachic difference between you're just denying the way it says in the Psukim in Aloha Aleph that the Rabbah brings down, and the way you're denying it because it's a mitzvah of the Torah. And by first introducing to explain what would be the law of one who says, I don't believe in the future redemption, because he holds, he says, although we were promised for redemption, so he's not denying that we weren't promised, he says we were promised. But he says, 
it was a change. And this promise has been nullified. Whether it's a sin or similar to the sin. So it would seem we can't say that he's denying the Torah he's not saying the Torah didn't say so he's just saying because the Torah testified he's not denying the Torah but there we're saying over there the intention is that he's denying something which says clearly in the written Torah it says there's going to be the Gula and he doesn't believe in it but in this case, since he's saying there was a change, he's not denying a promise that is written in the Torah. But what he holds is, he says also such a promise that says in the Torah, Shem could change his mind, he couldn't retract. So, He's not denying what it said in the Torah, but he's denying the fact that it can be no change. Maybe we need to look, maybe this would be a koifer, denying the Torah, oral Torah, because oral Torah says that's what it means. That would be if it would only be because it's written in the Torah. But since the Geula, is a detail and it's a definition in the midst of the Torah. Would the mitzvah stands forever and ever ever? This forces us to say that it's impossible to be, God forbid, a change in the promise of the Geula because it's a mitzvah and denying it is saying that the mitzvah is not going to happen. If he says opposite this, yes, then he has a if he says it's not going to happen, even though he says a change changed his mind, because by mitzvahs you can't say such a thing. For although he believes that Hashem said, if Hashem will widen the place, you should bring it, yes, he agrees to that. But when he says that this detail of the mitzvah, is going to take place. That is not going to be uh, three, uh, another three. So then he was mavatl this Torah and Then it would be kofer in the Torah. So here we have a demonstration how we see that by the Rambam saying that it's also a mitzvah that if somebody who said, "I believe in what the Torah says, but I don't believe that it has to happen," it could be a change. That because it's the mitzvah of Torah, he would still be a koifer because once you become a, a mitzvah of the Torah, there can be no change. Yes, we can say another difference. If he says he doesn't believe in the future redemption to come, because he explains the promises of the Torah, the Torah promise, they don't mean literally. He says, for example, that this redemption will only take place spiritually. Can't say that he's denying the Torah. He agrees. He admits that what the Torah said is true. 
Elosha Soiber, but he holds a Kavanus at Toyra, Eina Le Pashtus Unionim, Elosha Lekipshut. He doesn't think that it means a literal matter, but it means not literally. So, similar to what we're saying in the previous case, he believes, but it says there's a change. In this case, he believes, but it says that I mean literally. And even if you say that this is they it goes again that a Pasuk needs to go according to the literal sense. So we need to look in, is it possible to call him can we apply to him that definition of name that he's a heretic in Torah, he's denying because he's not directly denying it, but rather he's translating that it means something a little different. Just because he is explaining the verses, not literally, if we can actually apply to him, that is a kofetor meshadabeinu. But now the Rambam has, it's part of a mitzvah. But because of the fact that the redemption is a detail and part of the mitzvah of the Torah, then when he says that the Tegula is not going to be literally, then he's taking out the matter of the mitzvah from the literal meaning. Then on him applies the din. When the Rambam writes this, if you take out the mitzvah, that is that he's definitely a Badoy and the Roshan Apikaitis. And that's what's added because the Rambam brings down also this additional proof from the uh, mitzvah that it's part of the mitzvah of the Oremiklat. So now, along these lines of the Rebbe's explanation, the Rebbe continues in, in uh, Isvav to tell us that actually Halacha Beis added. It's a mitzvah. But in Halacha Aleph, the Rambam adds that it's also violating the words of a Novi. Although it seems that the words of a Novi are less than the words of the Torah, the Rambam starts off, and then we have Niba that in the time of in the prophecy of Bilam, there's a Nevuah. The Rebbe brings out that we're trying to say that there's actually a stringency in Nevuah. And what the Rambam is here saying in these two halachas and Aleph and Beis is that one who doesn't believe in Moshe Rabbeinu is actually denying all three things in the Torah, in the Navi, and also it's in the Mitzvah. Let's look inside. Well, in this way, we can explain another diuk, an emphasis in the language of the Rambam. That in the evidence with Parshas Bilam from the section of Bilam Oimer, he says, Abbe Parshas Bilam Nemar, also in the portion of Bilam Nemar, and he says, Vishom Nibe. Over there he prophesied, Mishneya Mashiachim, the two Mashiach, David and Mashiach Tzidkein, Melech Mashiach. So, Ramam could have said, Abbe Parshas Bilam Nemar, Mishneya Mashiachim, why is he emphasizing Nibe? So, Lechede in a move on, why does he have to emphasize that he prophesied? Telling us that this was a prophecy. What would you think? It's not a prophecy. The Rebbe says, well, maybe Bilam is saying it's not a prophecy. 
So why would the Torah record what Bilam said? But says this is very difficult to explain. The Rambam wants to tell you Niba Shekiv on Shemagdim Shizov Parshas Bilam. Since he introduces that this is in the section of Bilam, so if he needs to add the Shom Niba that he prophesied him Loikain Minolon Sheyesh Emes B'Divri Bilam. Yes, it's a prophecy because otherwise, how do we know it's true towards the Bilam? Sharekiv on Sheparshes Bilam Nichtava B'Teiras Moshe. We don't need a proof because it's written. Portion of Bilam is written in Teiras Moshe. Moving a portion, it's understood. It's obvious. Shadvarim Amitim Hey, these are true words. So the Rambam doesn't have to add the words Vishom Niba just to tell us that this prophecy that Bilam prophesies is true. There's another reason for it. So we can say Shekam Bozeh Kavonos Rambam. That here too, the Rambam's intent is to teach us an additional stringency. One who doesn't believe in the Melech HaMashiach. In addition to the fact that he is denying the Torah. And Moshe Rabbeinu, that's additional. So, that Shom Niba, that this is Nebuah that he's the, that he is denying. So you're going to ask, so what's the Kiddush? Why are we saying also Nebuah? If he's denying the Torah, the Novi is not stronger. No. There is an aspect which the Novi is stronger. Although the words of Torah are more stringent than the word of Nevi'im. So what do we need to add? That you'll also be violating the words of the Novi after we said that you're violating the Torah? We also find a stringency in the words of Nevi'im, words of Torah. If the Torah tells you to do something, or the words of Hashem, the mitzvahs, the words of Hashem, not all mitzvahs get the same punishment. But if a Navi tells you something and you defy it, then there's always the death penalty for that. Why? Because it's closer to the people, because a Navi is a human being, which Hashem reveals himself to. So there's a moral connection there. So there's something about the Navi. Let's look inside. Although the words of Torah are more serious than the words of the Navim, nevertheless, we find more also a stringency in the words of Torah relative to words of uh, words of Nevi'im over the words of Torah. What's the punishment that comes if you violate what the Torah says? It depends on the category of the sin. It's a slight Avera, a serious Avera. Get different punishment, different Averas. As opposed to if you violate the words of the Navi, there is no difference what kind of a matter you violated. Even if it's matters that are optional, you are liable for Misa. Always Misa. Why? So we see that violating the words of a Navi carries some astringence even more than violating just regular of the Torah. Why is that so? So we can say the reason 
even though the force of words of the Torah, is much greater than the force that is in the words of prophecy, nevertheless, relative to the people, there is a stringency in the words of prophecy. What is That's Hashem is prophesizing human beings. Not prophesying, not the Torah, but it's people that are prophesying. It's Madash It's a idea, knowledge that the Hashem shares, imparts to the heart of human beings. Since this is a revelation of Hashem's word to people, therefore acts of the human beings are more punished, more connected because Bnei Odom are telling you and you're a Bnei Odom. So the words of the Nevi'im have a force and have a stringency relative to the words of Torah. Because of this, when a person her hears a instruction, a command from the mouth of the prophet, it's as if you're hearing it from Hashem. And therefore, because you can relate to it more directly. Hashem is revealing himself through the Novi. Therefore, what the command doesn't matter. Hashem is saying something to you. If you are transgressing it, then you are violating, you're rebelling against the king, which is punishable by death. Leloi was guilty of death. Doesn't make a difference what the rebel, what you rebelled in, what the command was, what the instruction was. It is rebelling. Shem told now through a human being what to do, and you rebelled against it. Move on. So from this we understand. So from this we understand that in generally there is a stringency of Nevua relative to words of Torah. Even when you're not also in a place where it does not apply, you're not violating the Divra Novi. Now we're looking about it. Is it more serious because it was said by a Novi? Yeah. Because you didn't hear it directly from the Novi. So you would not be liable for death when you didn't hear it from the Novi. And yet there is that kind of stringency because if you did hear it, that would be stronger. This is what the Rambam means when he writes, "Vishom Niba," and over there he prophesies, "Leram is to hint to us, that one who doesn't believe in the King Mashiach, also has this stringency that this is also a nevuah. So it's a nevuah. It's Torah and nevuah. So it turns out that we have all three things. We have the Torah, nevuah, and a mitzvah. It's a nimtzah. So it comes out according to this, and these three proofs that the Rambam brings. He teaches us that the concept of Melech HaMashiach has been said and written in all sections of the written Torah. First in the stories and the promises of the Torah, that's the Parshish Nitzvah. Articulated in the section of Nitzvah. Then again, 
in the prophecies of Torah, Kimafurish and Parshas Bilam, as ex- as says in Parshas, as explained, articulated in the portion of Bilam Shasham Niba, Behem Bemitzus Shabbat Torah, also Mitzvah Torah, Kimafurish Bemitzus Ari Miklot, as explained in the midst of Ari Miklot, Belochain, and therefore, Mishain Imamim Melacha Mashiach, one who doesn't believe in the King Mashiach. In addition to him being denying, he also denies the prophecy of the Torah. You're also denying the midst of the Torah, which stands forever and ever and ever. So therefore, this is what the Rambam tells us here, that we have all the... Uh, parts of the Torah, and one who doesn't believe it in it is violating all of them. Finally, Noizayin, the Rebbe is going to explain, so why was this mitzvah of Ari Mikla chosen to be the mitzvah in which the Mashiach is hinges on that mitzvah, and the Rebbe is going to explain that cities of refuge is actually the time of Mashiach, is in time, the time of refuge in which we will be able to escape all of our Yitzhahorah and enjoy the Miklot. Zayin, but Zayin Tzorichbiru, we still need explanation. My timer nifchar on mitzvahs or emiklot. What's the reason that the city of of the mitzvah of emiklot was chosen? Sheinian the bias hamashiach uprad mitzvah udavket that the concept of bias hamashiach becomes a detail in this mitzvah specifically. So the Shleim Rabbi that we can say about this is in Yonum Shalor emiklot be pastor. So what is the idea of emiklot literally? It's a place of protection. It's a place that you're guarded and you're protected from the redeemer of the blood. Somebody killed somebody accidentally. The redeemer of the relative wants to kill him. If he wants to do a he protects him there. So when the person, whether it was accidentally or even, then he has to live there or even because they all go to first they go to the Miklot. So Miklot, so once you're in the Yermiklot, then you can't touch him for bad. You can't touch him. Just as we have the escape in space, in the Yermiklot, series of refuge, likewise is also in time. There's a time of refuge. That's the Rambam says later on. It's that time. There's going to be no hunger, no war, no jealousy, no competition. So what's going to be? Shetia klita mikol ha'inyonim habilti ritzuim. You will be able to have refuge from all matters that are no good. Shalzmanagolos of the time of exile. You'll be able to escape them. Yisro yeshim betachalat mosom. And the Yidin can sit secure on their land. Similar to this is also the spiritual matters. Especially the way it's known. That the concept of a series of refuge murder the refuge to protecting you and the escape from the Yitzhahara, he's called the Redeemer of the Blood. He's seeking blood. He wants the person to fail. As our sages, a blessed memory tell us, the words of Torah, they are refuges. Just as the city of refuge, literally, also serves as an atonement for the one who killed somebody. So likewise, it's also spiritually. 
Shehoyreg nefesh, when we talk about who kills somebody, meram is al-komaisa That hints for an act of an aveda. You killed your nefesh al Because al-yoda poigem benafshay, through this you blemish yourself. So shedivre toire shalemdim, through the limited toire that you learn, divre toire koltim, poigem klitofa kaporo lenafshay. They impact a refuge and a toma for your soul. That's the connection of the mitzvah or the miklot to the coming of Melech HaMashiach. Kioz, because when Melech HaMashiach took more then it will be completed the refuge, the kaporos and shal Yisrael, and the atonement of the Yidden, speedily in our days. This is Mesich Shabbos Devorim, Bereshchidesh Elu Tovshim and Vov, Amitzi Shabbos. Pin Parshas, Pin Chas Tovshin, Lamet Chas.